Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. This episode is a fun one. I sat down with my brother-in-law, Ben Eubanks, to record. Now, Ben Eubanks has been a small business owner for years. In fact, he comes from a long line of business owners, his dad and then his dad. So Ben knows what it's like to run a business in the quote-unquote good times, and he knows what it's like to run a business in these tough times. In fact, most of the time in March, April, May, and June, Ben would be on the road speaking. In fact, that is a large part of how he makes money in his company. He's also an author. And so, you know, as an author, you have to be in front of people talking about the research and the book that you've written in order to sell it. So I wanted to ask Ben, how have you been able to pivot in these times when so many of your events have been canceled or postponed? What are you doing? Ben is a firm believer in communicating, being friends with people outside of your niche. Because what he realizes is, number one, we're all small business owners. And then number two, what they're doing outside of our own niches to serve their clients well may be applicable inside of ours. Or maybe it's not applicable but it causes us to think of something else. Ben is awesome at thinking outside the box. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, and I think you will too. Listen up. Okay, Ben, I am so happy that you're here. I have already told them in the intro that you are my brother-in-law, and I'm blessed to count you as a dear friend. Your wife, Melanie, is one of my very best friends, and his four children are not just my boy's cousins, but also some of their best friends. So I have been blessed for a long time to watch Ben work. And when I first said that I wanted a business, I spoke to to my husband, which is Ben's brother, Brandon. He said, call Ben. I think you need to talk to him first. So Ben has been my mentor for over three, maybe four years now, and he has given me so much great advice. So it's about time that I share your mentorship with the listeners here. So thank you so much for being here. Ben is very busy right now, and that's part of why I wanted him to be on here, because he has found a way to continue thriving during this crazy time that we're living in. So Ben, introduce yourself to our listeners. Hey there, Rachel. I'm so glad to be here and really excited for the conversation today. You you know we've had lots of these discussions back and forth, and I always say, like, what if we could just record this and put it on the podcast, and so today we get to. So to everybody else, I'm Ben Eubanks. I'm glad to be here. I do a couple of things, a couple of irons in the fire. Um, I, I run a business day-to-day called Lighthouse Research and Advisory where I do consulting and writing and speaking. It's a big part of the work that I do, but that is actually the relatively – well, it's the big part of how I spend my days. It is, the, it is not as old as some of the work that I've been doing or as, as uh, long-tenured. So back in 2009, I actually started a blog, Upstart HR, 
that community that's built around that has been seen by more than a million people in the last 10 years and has helped a lot of people. And around that, I do a lot of speaking, a lot of writing, a lot of um, – build out and sell courses and content for HR professionals. And so today I'm hoping we can dig into some of those kind of conversations around what it takes to build the good content, how to listen to your audience, those kind of things. Um, on top of that, I run a podcast, We're Only Human. We talk about people and technology at work. And last but not least, I'm an author of a book, uh, Artificial Intelligence for HR, which came out at the very beginning of last year and looks at how employers can use technology to make work more human. Okay, so you guys see that Ben is an extremely busy guy. And like I said, he has four children as well and a wonderful wife and three other brothers and lots of nieces and nephews. And so very busy guy. I'm very impressed with what he gets done in a day's time. So, Ben, talk to us right now how your business is different in 2020 than what a typical March, April and May into the June would normally look like for you. So you just mentioned the family, and that is the strangest thing for me right now is everybody's close to their families. But normally between March and June, like you said, I'm on the road for at least one day, if not up to three or four days a week, traveling to conferences, events, things like that that are either I'm speaking at or I'm there for a customer to see see what kind of work they're doing, to understand um, their, their capabilities as a, as a company. And so that consulting work and the speaking that I do keeps me on the road really regularly this time of year typically this is the first year in about six or seven years that i have been home every single week and through through the coming month or two that's going to continue to be the case who knows if the stuff is going to come back even by the fall in terms of live events i don't know having a lot of conversations right now with friends about that what's happening in the space but that's the the strange thing for me is normally i build my work schedule for the year when i block it out and block my time i'm very strategic about the first couple months, January, February, I don't travel much at all. And so I'm, I'm focusing on doing a lot of writing, doing a lot of, of research and other things just around the business, getting marketing stuff ready and, and those kind of things that in the day-to-day, it's hard to get time for that. And so I plan for those busy seasons. And now suddenly that busy season, the faucet turned off. And I'm thinking – I've been spending my time doing other stuff, again – Going back to some of those those things, thinking at some point it's going to come back, I'll be really busy and I'll have to make up this time. So for right now, while I'm not traveling and doing stuff, I'm trying to spend that time productively as possible, focusing on those things that you can never quite seem to get fit into the schedule otherwise. That's smart, and that is definitely something I've been trying to do as well, trying to spend my time wisely since I'm not doing a lot of traveling to client meetings at coffee shops. You know, I mean, I have no travel time built in. You know, as a follow-up question, you mentioned that being in front of people is very important to both of your businesses and actually as an author. We know that that's very important that you're able to get in front of large groups of people. How have you still managed to get in front of groups of people, whether it be virtually or by email? And the reason I'm asking is there's a lot of my listeners who depend on going to shows. That's a part of their business plan is that they go to shows and in that time they are showing their products, they're shaking hands, they're hugging, they're talking about what what their products has to offer. And yet this is not applicable to them right now. And honestly, we don't know if the shaking hands and hugging will ever be, come back again. But <laughs> anyway, so how are you still getting in front of people to talk about your products? Absolutely. Well, 
So actually, in, in an hour or so, I'm going to be recording a recording a session that's going to be part of a live event that's happening later this month. They're going to be streaming it live with all these sessions stitched together. I'm doing a lot of those virtual events right now. Some of them that I'm being invited to, and as I'm being invited to them, I'm realizing, you know, hey, last year someone invited me to come to Turkey, actually, of all countries, and like I, that's, I don't know that it's safe or I'm not sure if I can get there. It, it conflicted with other stuff on my schedule, so I didn't prioritize it. But this morning, I reached out to them and said, hey, if you're doing anything virtual, like, I'm raising my hand. I'm happy to do that. So I'm looking – I'm taking advantage of any of those virtual things that are coming to me from other areas. Even though I'm not being paid to do that speaking, it's getting me in front of other audiences, helping me connect with the people there and helping me to be top of mind, helping the, the research and other work we're doing be top of mind. But I'm also working with a couple different people right now to try to plan one of these things. And that would be something that anybody could do if you're if you're thinking, hey, we were going to have this this live event this summer. It was going to be a, a craft show or something like that. Then get together ten other crafters and say we're going to do a one day live event. We're going to each speak for thirty minutes on our area of expertise. I mean, those things can still happen, and it doesn't take million dollars worth of software to do that, you can do that with a basic Zoom account, a couple hundred dollars worth of Zoom webinars, and you could even set up, depending on how you want to do it, like breakout rooms so people that are that care about a certain thing can get together and talk about that, that one thing in a designated time. So there's ways to recreate some of those engagement pieces of a conference or of a, a get-together, a meetup, whatever, whatever kind of event live you're going to do, even – the challenge right now a lot of people are focusing on is just the content side of it, just having someone talk at audiences, and that doesn't recreate that same feel. Someone told me, again, a, a, a friend I talked to this week said, yeah, at a real conference, you're stuck there. You can't get out of the chair. You're, you're, you're not going to leave. You've already you know, you've put your money in for an event or you know, you've spent the time to travel there. You're just going to stay there and sit through the, the crappy content. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to do that when you're at home and you've got a kid screaming in the background or you're like, I'm hungry. I'll go get a snack. You don't have to sit through that. So look for other ways to create that more engaging experience, and that's one of the big priorities that I'm focusing on right now. That's that's very smart. In fact, it reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine yesterday, too, who sells skin products, and she's offering ways to meet in a Zoom class and teach people how to put on this skincare product and how to take care of yourself. And she's, you know, doing a little mailing prior to that, mailing the product to them or the sample, but then they're meeting at a time, just five or six of them, and she's creating that kind of like you said, that intimate experience or that more personal experience than just I'm just talking at you. She's working with you. So great example. One of the other things to do is find someone else that's not competing with you in another area. If you're doing, you know, if you if you make baked goods, you're like the best pie, you're the pie lady in town, or whatever else, you know. Partner up with someone, someone that makes, that does fruit smoothies or someone that does something else that's related but not directly competitive with you and say, hey, we're going to do the, we'll do the online foodie event for our town and we're going to mm-hmm. get together and it's not on your shoulders to put everything together and to make it all happen right now, especially more than ever. People are craving that opportunity to, to work with someone else and to connect with someone else. And that's, it's a great time to build those deeper relationships so that when things kind of spring back, you might realize, like, hey, I didn't realize we had a synergy here, and we don't have to do a virtual event anymore, but that's a great way for us to reach a bigger audience outside of our local area or a way for us to reach people that we couldn't otherwise reach. And, you know, um, 
So anyway, there's I can go down all these different rabbit holes, but there's so many ways to take advantage of the new opportunities this is bringing us, not just the looking at it as a, a challenge or an issue, but there there are opportunities out of this that we can we can take advantage of hopefully. No, I totally agree with you. And you know, there there's the old adage, necessity is the mother of invention. And that is what I'm seeing from some of my very dear friends and business colleagues that we are taking advantage of this time and this need now to build relationships. It's not that we haven't always admired these people. We just have been so busy in the day-to-day that we haven't taken time to really build that connection with them. And we've always known for a long time with some of these people they would be a good connection for us. We just didn't take time to do it, and now we need to. So I agree with you. It's Partnering is it's always been a strong practice in business, but now it's more than ever because you can bring several audiences together. Ben, this is a little bit off topic, but what holes have you found in your business during this time of introspection that you think, I don't want to see this hole again. I don't want to be in this area if something like COVID-19 happens in the future. So one of the things I was joking with you about this before we even started recording. I am really great at giving advice on things and then not doing it. It's great myself. I think we're all really good at that. Um, it's easier Sorry. to see someone else's situation or, or prioritize that. I'm good at procrastinating this because I'm doing the work instead of working on the business, mm-hmm. which is a challenge for everyone that runs a small company. So I've actually made specific blocks of time and prioritized doing those things again that are, that I sometimes push off or will not do and which would be relatively easy if I just committed my time to doing it. So just this week, I set up a new page for on the website to start gathering leads for people that are interested in the work that I'm doing. But right now, all the information, all the opportunities for them to opt in are like scattered across the entire website. You have to happen upon one of the pages on accident, and now it's surfaced like right there on the homepage, easy to get to, and it's the – Number one reason people come to the website this is the research that we do, so they want to find that and use that to help them improve what they're doing. So that's one example. Um, I'm cleaning up some of the products that are out there that have been around for a while and adding some new features and things to them, like the, the online courses that I've created. When I put that together, I think the first time I ever did an iteration of that was eight years ago, and then a couple of years ago it went from just this emailed course to an actual online it's run through kind of a, a learning management system there's a there's a it's more professional but there's still some things in there that's just been the talking head video that i need to update and get make it a little polished and so i'm i'm doing some of those kind of old things where it's again in the in the day-to-day that is way down there on the list when i've got to travel and everything else going on and making sure the family is is fed and, and sane right now i have more time available and i'm going to do that because i'll otherwise i might never get around to it so Trying to use my time right now to do those things that aren't – maybe aren't time-sensitive right this moment, but looking back, I'll be glad that I did it. There will be benefits long-term from doing one small thing right now. That's what I'm trying to look at. I think that's smart, too. I can't help but relate to what you were talking about with the free offers because all of us that have a website have stuff scattered all over the place. It makes sense in our brain because we're the ones behind the website, but the point is, I mean, Donald Miller from with StoryBrand talks about you have to make it easy. No one is going to purchase from you, download from you, if they have to struggle to find what it is that they're looking for. They're just going to move on because there's a million other websites that they can work from. So that is a great idea right there. 
consolidate in an area all those free great offers that we have. Be sure that people can get to them easy, easier than how a lot of us have them hidden right now. And so and definitely taking care of those little things. I love I cracked up when you talked about the talking head and that you're updating some of your videos and things like that. One thing I want to talk about, too, this was prior to us starting recording, but it's been something that's very important to me that I have been telling all of my clients, anybody that listens to these podcasts that follow me on Instagram and Facebook is to keep talking to other small business owners. And I want you to briefly walk us through that conversation that you got off of just a couple of minutes ago before you and I started recording, because to me, it validates why we have to keep talking right now more than ever. We have time and there's necessity. So tell us just a little bit about that conversation. So it was actually, I've, I've, when this thing hit, it's funny because I had actually mentally steeled myself for all those days on the road, all these interactions with people. And I'm relatively shy. I don't know if I'm introverted or not, but I'm relatively shy. And so those are always take some working up and some courage mm-hmm. to get that. And I had steeled myself and then all that travel was canceled for the next few months. And so I'm, the first thing I did was started reaching out to all these people. And again, some of those people I haven't talked to in a long time. You're like, yeah, let's catch up sometime. You never quite get around to it. So I've been scheduling those calls regularly. And a handful of those people out of those first two weeks, really, it was more than just a fun catch-up session. It was how are you doing? How are you dealing with this? Oh, what can we do to work together? And so it's been really amazing for me. I've had some recurrent calls. The gentleman I just talked to a few minutes ago, he and I, have, this is our fourth week in a row where we've been talking on the phone, talking on Zoom, trying to figure out how we can do something together, how we can offer each other ideas on how to go to market, on on how to solve a different problem, how to bring a new a new tool to the to the forefront because we both do. He does a lot of speaking too, and that's not – that's not happening. No one's paying to bring a speaker to their event right now. So we're looking at different ways to do that. And it's been so valuable for me, not just to talk to them, but I talked to someone last week who's in an entirely different space. And she was, she was telling me how her company was dealing with this, this issue right now. And she's in, she's in sales, right? And I, I don't do sales other, other than, I guess, day to day kind of stuff. But, um, that's not what I do as a profession, but I'm listening to her talk about it and I'm thinking, hmm. You know what? They're, there's this gap they have, and I also have that gap in my business, but here's how they're solving it, and I'm going to use that and kind of apply it to what I'm doing, even though I don't do the same kind of job as her. So that's one of the things that I would recommend if you're, if you're right now, you're struggling to think about what to do. Right now, you're listening to someone who doesn't, can't make anything to save his life. I have zero <laughs> handy abilities. I always tell someone if the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm the first to die because I have no marketable skills in the real world other than like writing and speaking. But using those things that you have and connecting with people outside of that bubble can give you new ideas, give you fresh perspectives, and potentially um, help you to to solve problems right now that other people are not not able to do. So, so true. We talked about that prior to getting on how important it is to talk to people, not just in your own field, but outside of that. Because like you said, what works for them may not work exactly for you, but it has encouraged your thinking. It kind of spurred you to think that way. And so you do find a solution. I know that we're short on time. So really quickly, Ben, there are some belief that business owners should reduce their prices right now. And I want to preface this by saying sometimes as business owners, we just think 
we need to reduce our prices because we assume that our clients' lives are exactly like ours. And we all know right now as a small business owner, we're all holding on to extra cash. But that's not the truth for some for other people, if that's if you are not selling to small businesses, if you're selling to individuals, a lot of them have steady jobs and they're still buying. So I want to preface that by saying sometimes small business owners don't actually get asked to lower their prices. They just assume that right now we need to lower our prices. But what if someone truly is asked or they know that they're making absolutely no sales right now with COVID shutdown? What are some suggestions that you would give to them? You do a great job thinking outside the box and thinking about payment in a different way than just money. So what are some suggestions? So I'll preface this by saying that when this all started, I started hearing from some of my friends that that had been furloughed or had lost their jobs, right? We all know someone that's been impacted mm-hmm. in that way or they're, they're stuck at home. Like, what do I do now? And the first thing that I did was actually put out there and said, we're going to give away $1,000 in these courses that we develop for free. We're going to give them away to anyone that wants them because some people that I know lost their job or their company's going to impact and things like that. And that was gone in about 10 minutes. So I said, okay, we'll, we'll double that. We'll do $2,000. And then that was, you know, an hour later that was gone and we kept having requests. So we, did, we stopped at 3000 because I'm like, I, we can't just print money here, <laughs> but gave away all these courses to people because they're, in the moment, they're hurting, and the comments that I got back there, right? That that comment's not going to feed my kids, but that comment is a testimonial or is a resource that I can use in the future when someone's like, "I've been looking for a course that's going to help me," and all the other stuff is is overpriced, and you made this possible for me to be able to study for this exam. Right? And so, the, to, for clarity, the tools that I am offering. If you are in the HR space, just like if you're an accountant or something else, you can take an exam to be certified and to prove that you have a certain level of knowledge. And I sell courses to help people prepare for those tests. And so the the content they're getting isn't just about passing the test, but it could impact the trajectory of their career long term. And so this is a big step for some people to have to commit to that. So anyway, the first thing I did was give something away. As I okay. talked about doing free stuff, I wanted to be be clear on that one. One thing I would I would say is it's easier to sell to the same customer again rather than trying to set up new customers and get new people in the door right now. So if you have existing customer base, um, selling them something else right now is probably easier than trying to say go out there to the to the greenfield to the entire open world out there and say no no come and buy our soap right now because now's the time you should be buying soap or whatever it happens to be. That is a challenge for sure, and you've got to be careful with that. You've got to be sensitive to where they might be, and in the the workplace perspective, we don't know if that person is worried about worried about their family member who is sick right now. We don't know if they are, you know, they couldn't find all their groceries because someone else bought bought all the the stuff in there. They don't. We don't know where they are, so we've got to be careful and sensitive to where our customers might be and careful about how we're pushing and marketing to them right now. That said, there are other things that you can accept. If you decide, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna reduce this price, but I'm gonna do it in exchange for something else. I'm gonna do it in exchange for. Uh, a 20-minute phone call with that customer after they've used it to give me some feedback on how it worked with them, to give me some feedback on what it was like. I actually ran a beta test for an, uh, a mobile app that my team was building last year, and that was one of the requirements is if we give you this for free, you have to commit to responding to two or three different requests for information we send to you. We just use a survey monkey, send out you know five questions, how easy was it, one to five, but 
in exchange for giving them something free, we got back all this valuable information so that when we started charging for it, that gave us some confidence in the product and everything else. So there's a couple different things you could do um, in that way. You could decide that I am going to be more present, more more available to people right now because I can be and look for ways to do that. Right? If you're a photographer, all these college courses right now that are that have been canceled or pulled back and they're having to be virtual only, reach out to someone in an art department and say, hey, I'd love to, to co-teach a class with you one day on what it takes to really get perspective when you're shooting photography. Or if you do graphic design, do something fun in that space. Look for a, a way to connect with people who who – might be using that. Look to partner with a nonprofit right now and say, "Hey, we're going to create something fun for you for free for your new your event coming up, whatever else. I don't know, probably not an event, but we'll create something for you for free as a way to just start getting your name out there more." Uh, and those are strategic. It's not just saying anyone that comes to my door and knocks on it, I'm going to hand them something for free. It's I'm going to be select, selectively free so that I can hopefully get more benefit from a market perspective or from a sales perspective down the line, get more benefit out of that long term than just turning over the keys and, and hoping that there's enough in the bank account to, to get through this. I love to hear you talk about other ways to get paid. He's very smart about this. Sometimes events cannot afford to pay his price. And Ben looks at other ways that he can still be there and yet get something from it, even if it's not the full price tag that he that he asked. And he's very smart about that. And that's how he has grown his audience to over a million looking at Upstart HR. So he can definitely think outside the box. Okay, so Ben, I know you've got another call coming up here in just a couple okay. of minutes. Before we get off, please tell everybody where they can find you. I know that some of my listeners are not directly in HR. However, everybody knows somebody who's in HR. And I strongly suggest following Ben's blog because I always find tidbits in there that I find helpful. And I'm not in HR. Tell us where we can find you. So if you wanna if you wanna check the book out or recommend it to one of your HR friends, my that was one of the highest compliments I got. My father in law actually bought a copy to give to his HR person. He works out at, at the Toyota plant here in the Huntsville area and he bought one to give to his HR people. I'm like, can't get much higher praise than that. So You cannot, um, Ben. That is awesome. The book is Artificial Intelligence for HR. It is on Amazon and anywhere that you'd, you'd like to buy a book. Feel free to recommend that to a friend or get one as a gift in the middle of all this. There's a lot of time to read, and it's really a book about being more human at work. Don't let the AI title scare you. It's about being more human at work, and anyone that works in the recruiting or the HR space, they would appreciate that. Um, again, you can find me, upstarthr.com. is the website, and I'm on at Ben Eubanks on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Search for Ben Eubanks. You'll find me here in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm, I'm just about anywhere you want to look. <laughs> okay, Ben, I so appreciate you being here today, and I know that you've been extremely busy. And like I said, I just love your family, and I appreciate you so much, okay? Thank I you. Am, yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm so glad to be here and so glad to help. If I can ever do anything else to support the community that you're building too, Rachel, I'm, I'm proud of the work that you're doing. And if there's anything I can do to help out, I'd, I'd be more than willing. This was a fun episode. As Ben alluded to in the recorded conversation, he and I talk about marketing businesses a lot. See, Ben realizes that just because he's in HR, he is a small business owner. So it's his job to find ways to market himself, his blog, the book, his research company, 
He has to find ways to tell other people about what he's doing in these different projects. And so that's why our conversations are so fun. There are many takeaways from this episode, but I have highlighted about three. Number one, be sure that you are partnering with other people right now. Now, this is just best practice at all times. But right now during COVID, we all feel this desire for connection. And we also have a little bit more time on our hands. So right now is a great opportunity to reach out to a business or two that's complementary to yours, meaning their ideal client is probably like your ideal client. And so therefore, you're not actually competing with each other. You're just sharing audiences. You're just growing your audience. Now, of course, I want to warn you and warn me, never forsake your existing clients. We all know that it's easier to keep a client than it is to gain a new one. So this partnering is because you have time to do it and because we need connection right now. It's not necessarily because you want to gain a thousand more clients and forget about your other ones. Just giving myself and you a warning there. Also, I loved his idea of cleaning up our websites. Okay, if you're like me, your website can kind of be messy. Maybe it's not messy on the surface, but it's messy on the back end. And even yourself, you have a hard time remembering exactly what free offerings you have out there. I liked his suggestion of having a page on your site where people can go and get all of the free offerings. It doesn't mean that you still don't have them put in different places of your website, but it would be nice to have one page where it's listed and who knows what they may find there and really see of the value that you offer and the people they may say, oh my goodness, you've got to go to so-and-so's website. I went to download this, but I think this other freebie may be perfect for you. So I liked his idea of cleaning up our websites. It's something I needed to hear. A third takeaway, think about ways to get paid. And it doesn't always have to be in money. See, some of us feel right now that we need to reduce our prices. And maybe that is actual for you. You may have not made any sales in the last month. Or you may have had several clients come to you and say, I just can't afford it right now. Well, in that situation, you really may need to lower your prices. But don't lower your prices if you just simply think you should. Make sure that you have evidence there. I'm going to come back to an example of that here in just a minute. But I like what Ben did. He gave us several examples of how we can give things away for free or we can drastically reduce the price of something. But expect or ask nicely for something in exchange, something that's going to help us in the future. Maybe it's going to help us improve that product, or maybe it's going to give us reviews or comments that we can use in future marketing. So definitely think about how can you get paid and it not necessarily be money. And just a reminder, I'm only talking to you if you know for sure you need to reduce your prices. Don't just project your life as a small business owner right now that you're clutching on to every, to every extra dollar. Don't just project that 
onto your customers and clients. Make sure that that is a valid need of theirs, that they need prices to be reduced. Because let me give you this example. I have another friend who's a luxury brand. And because she has ran her business very well, she is not going to reduce her prices right now. And what I mean is she's not operating on a lot of debt and her husband has a steady paycheck right now. So she can afford to go a couple of months without reducing her prices. Second of all, my friend knows her ideal clients very well. The reason they're not buying from her right now does not have to do with her prices. It really only has to do with her not being able to do the actual service that she offers. She's a photographer. So she's not actually able to go take the pictures. That's the only reason they're not buying from her. They still have a steady income. They're still willing for her to take these pictures and to pay the price that she asks. She just can't go do it right now. In her case, reducing her price is not an option for her. She doesn't need the money right now, quote unquote, need the money. Now, obviously, if this continues for another six months or nine months, well, then my friend will have to look at her business in a different light. But we're talking currently, she doesn't have to have the money and she knows her audience well. So just an example right there of knowing your audience and being aware of yourself as a business owner and what you're willing to do as far as price structure. And as Ben suggested, there's lots of ways for us to still get quote unquote paid, meaning we're going to get value from our product, even if we give it away or reduce the price some or drastically. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun to record. Now, if you are using this time to work on your messaging, meaning you want to know your ideal client better so that you can talk directly to him or her on social media, in emails, head to my website, inspiretoengage.com, inspiretoengage.com, all lowercase and no spaces. There is a freebie called Know Your Ideal Customer Better. It's a quick, short freebie, but what it helps you do is think about what stage of life is your ideal customer currently in. Because I am telling you, simply saying that someone's in their 50s is not enough. Simply saying someone's in their 50s and shops at Target, once again, you can be doing lots of things being in your 50s and shopping at Target. So you have to know your ideal customer better. And once you start to know them and they're no longer this gray blur in your head, it's an actual person and you can visualize their day-to-day activities. As a business owner, you are able to then talk directly to that person in your social media, in your emails, and on your website. I strongly recommend it. So once again, head to my website, inspiretoengage.com. And the freebie is Know Your Ideal Customer Better. 
I hope that you have a wonderful week, kiddo. I understand that it's still very tough for most of us, and especially those that are fighting on the front lines of this virus, those who have been affected by their health or their family has been affected by their health due to COVID-19. I am praying for you. I'm praying for small business owners. I'm praying for the doctors, nurses, hospital workers, janitors, grocers, farmers, people that are doing the things that we need done right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Until next week, kiddo. Bye.